From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. We're on episode 257 and we're diving into something really big because we all go through this. I mean, if you're a human being, you go through this. There is at least one addiction in your life. Could be social media. It could be a toxic relationship. It could be work, sex, pornography, alcohol, drugs, you name it, Netflix, Lego, whatever it is, there is that in your life. So that's why this episode is crucial. And we're diving into the cycle of that addiction. What's going on here? We're unraveling all of these layers and what can be done about it. Why is this important for you? It's important because we don't know what life is like without it. I did not know what life was like outside of pornography, because that was my top tier of addictions, including food, including sex, toxic relationships, food. These were the biggest in my life. Even caffeine, it's up there too. So you don't know what it's like. So how are you, like, obviously you're going to stay with what's familiar because the brain loves to stay with what's familiar, but also you're you're getting some sort of reward from this. Now, in Russell Brand's book, Recovery, he lists this cycle of addiction, starting with pain, right? Boredom, irritability, unfulfillment, anxiety, depression. You are experiencing some sort of pain. I notice with me that when I am bored, I don't allow myself to be bored, but my mind goes, oh, what's on my phone? What's on social media? What's on Instagram? Oh, let's go on to the computer. Let's pick up the video game. So that is one clear sign for me that this is a problem because I'm very aware of what I'm doing. But it's, it's a matter of having control. And we're going to dive into that control later in this episode. But the first part of this cycle is pain. The second is using an addictive agent like pornography, sex, food, alcohol, drugs, relationships, work, uh, shopping, social media to distract and soothe that pain. The third is temporary distraction. That's nice because we're feeling unfulfilled, bored, insecure. We like to go to these things that kind of, for me, it's like a, it's like elevator music. I, I, I don't know if that's a good metaphor or way of describing it, but it's like this it's like a noise that blocks out of that anxiety. It's like, it's like clearing. It's like a dis. Yeah. It, well, like I said, distraction. But you know, it's you're you're moving from the the state of awareness into a a complete other state of being. Now, if the underlying snake, the underlying problem, is not addressed, 
and it's not taken care of, then you will continuously rely for this external feel-good resources resource to numb that pain. You're going to rely on it. It becomes dependable. And what happens is a fear of losing it becomes real. A fear of not having it accessible, that becomes real. When, when I was going through anxiety recovery, I was dependable on my close family for that reassurance. And when there was that fear of losing that, being away from them, I got really anxious and fearful over that. And, you know, you, you, I, <clears throat> I get aggressive over that. And a lot of people do. And then the fourth is consequences. There are always consequences. So unnatural state-altering substances that become dependable get worse in its consequences over time. Now let's pick that apart. The body has a difficult time keeping up with the, with the effects of these abnormal substances. So take prescription medications, take processed food that include vegetable oils and God knows what other stuff is in there. These, these uh, syrups and bleached flowers and sugars, man. The body doesn't know what to do with those. So there are foreign objects in the body. The body doesn't know what to do with them. It spikes insulin. You, we get fat. We get metabolically unwell. But it's not just the food. It's not just the medications. It's the, the shopping. It's the pornography. It hooks us into this natural state but it heightens it because it takes a it takes a state of being so our attraction to other mates and it heightens that by making that nudity and that uh, that attraction just readily available online and god knows what that does to the mind but the body has a difficult time keeping up with this new era that we're living in. So in our evolution, our ancestors, did they have this access to this abundance of pornography or this processed or these processed foods or the amount of alcohol that is available to us or the the drugs, medications? Also what happens to a relationship? When someone is continuously withdrawing emotional currency from the other person, I've seen it happen all the time where you become dependent on somebody and that dependency, that dependency, well, it, it, it heightens over time. You keep withdrawing emotional currency from the other person and then the other person gets tired of the the, the reliability, but also the amount the other person is withdrawing, the energy and the, the time. Because imagine you go to someone for help, which is great. You go for, you talk to somebody, a friend, about the, the constant trouble that you're getting into or your anxiety and depression. But ma imagine over years, 
you continuously continuously have these problems. Your friends are giving you advice. You're not really taking any action in your life. They're, they're seeing that you're not taking action and that you keep winding up in the same problems and potholes all the time. They get tired of it. They get irritated. They want you to do better because they care about you, but you don't take any action or you don't even acknowledge your own faults within you and thus remain in your unconscious stupor, continuously relying on people, and then they withdraw and leave you, and then you shake your fist at them and get angry at them for leaving you. But you should have seen that coming if you were awake enough. So that's what I mean, that there are always consequences. So in an addiction, no matter what it is, work, sex, pornography, drugs, alcohol, food, there are consequences, and it's important that you be aware. I mean, I want to address to you that this podcast, I'm hoping, will help you. Well, it'll if it will spark some sort of idea of maybe something that you're currently contending with, well, that's all I want from you, just to be aware that is there something in your life? Is there something in my life that I am want to stop doing, but I just can't seem to stop doing? Is there that voice that's saying, yeah, I, I shouldn't do that? Should you listen to it? And then I found that when I would cut out a negative habit that I deemed negative in my life, when I cut that out, I noticed that my day-to-day would become 10% or even greater, more better in many ways. So I'll give you an example of that. So there's a ripple effect with, with negative habits, right? And we don't know that they're negative because the ripple effects become the normal. And so its effects become the normal. But when you, when you quit, you realize that, wow, I didn't realize caffeine had this effect on me or I didn't realize pornography had this effect on me. I, you know, I, when I tried to stop pornography for one day, I couldn't even manage. I felt like I was a slave to this urge and this pull. And so when I would, so I used to stay up late and I would get home from work around 12 a.m. And then I would have a glass or two glasses of wine and have Chinese food. But then when I would stop doing that, you know, that became my normal. I would stop doing that. I noticed that my day after got a little better. I'm more awake, I'm more alert, attentive, emotionally stable. I'm less tired. All of these things happen, but you don't know until you, until you, shift your pattern. We don't know how much or how better our life could be down the road. We just, it's, 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 it's blank. It's dark, right? It's this leap of faith that we have to take towards this idea of getting better. So, you know, for me, cutting out processed sugars and carbohydrates, I yearned and longed for this 
idea, this North Star, this vision, this ideal that I could be more metabolically healthy, more alert, less brain fog, emotionally stable. So I took a leap of faith and said, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice what I love the most. That's the carbohydrates, that's the sugars, the grains. For the hopes, things will be better. Like I took it as an experiment. And a lot of people don't want to make that leap. They want to stick with what's comfortable, what's comforting. And that's a big mistake because there are always consequences. The fifth part of this cycle is shame and guilt. Now, shame and guilt of the consequences, which then lead to pain, and that leads to self-denigration. Because I felt bad when I first started my journey watching pornography. I felt the shame and guilt right away watching pornography. I remember like it's night, like it's yesterday. I remember that feeling. I remember where I was. I felt, oh, is this right? Should I be doing this? The voice in my head is saying, no, Brad, don't watch pornography. It doesn't feel right. But then I want to get into that voice. This is so huge. When you ignore that voice and you say, F it, you know, it, it's, it feels good. I want to do it anyways. I'm going to ignore that. That circuit that says F it and bypasses that voice, that, that circuit gets stronger. It wins. And the voice of conscience, conscience that is saying, no, don't do it, that quiets every time you let that other circuit win. This is why I love cold showers, because there's that voice in my head that says, don't go in there. Don't do it. It's too cold. It's too painful. It's, it's 5.30 in the morning. Don't, don't get in there. You know, do something else. Brush your teeth. But then I say, no, I'm going in there anyways, and I'm bypassing that voice. Because I know that on the other side of that fear, there is freedom. Because, you know, I've tried it before. I know cold showers are good for me because you don't know until you do it and you feel the benefits, right? I know, but the things that are worth doing are hard, but more worthwhile. That's what I discovered. And I know that waking up in the morning, it's a hard thing to do, but I know that it's going to train my mind to bypass that voice that's saying, hey, take the easy route. You know, pornography was the easy route. Because I had that voice saying, oh, Brad, don't don't watch pornography. Don't do it. It doesn't feel right. It's not, it's not okay. But then I'm like, well, it makes me feel good. And it's like a child voice. It makes me feel good. It's it's gonna be great. And you know, what 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 what's the worst that can happen? You know, it goes on and on. It creates these stories. But if you let that circuit, the effort circuit, win, what happens? That other voice quiets and quiets until the behavior itself is reflexive in nature. And now there's no voice, but you let, that's because you stepped over that voice so many times that now it's non-existent. That's really what it is. 
But then I was reawakened by these YouTubers, these young men who went on this journey of nofap. I was like, what is nofap? This guy stopped watching pornography. Now he's on day 500. He's having all these benefits. Something sparked an interest, but also because pornography was my normal, I will, I will, I laughed at him like, this guy quit. Oh my god, what a, what a loser! This guy's, you know, oh, oh, everybody watches pornography. Pornography is great; it's harmless, and all of the the stories come up of why it's so good. But then there's something deep down that voice that was suppressed for years, decades. Uh, not decades, but one decade, because I was watching since I was around 15, 16, till I, till I was about uh, 27, something like that. I'm five years now, almost five years clean of pornography, which I'm grateful for and I'm proud of because it was no easy thing to do. But I resonated with these young men because deep down something glimmered. But, you know, the majority of the iceberg was that voice of like, it's what's familiar to me. Pornography is who I am. It's what I do. And so their videos became a seed that stuck with me, became this shadowy figure lurking in the background saying, Brad, there's something to this. There's something to this. So... That's what drew me into this recovery because watching their videos, I discovered that there is a, a not only another side to pornography because there's a lot of reasons why you should quit pornography. I mean, there's so many great reasons, but I, I didn't know at the time, obviously. But when those YouTubers would talk about it, I was like, oh, there's something to this. They're experiencing benefits without it. There's, they're actually liking, enjoying life more without it. Well, that's interesting that there's that hope, but also that there's another way of acting and being in the world. And that's what resonated with me because I didn't like who I was. And when you come into contact with somebody that, that generates all of your insecurities and it brings about all of your inadequacies, it's hard. You laugh at them and you judge them back in a very harsh way. But it's deep down, you know that you could do better. There's something to this. And that's how I felt. I could do better. This is where I need to go. David Goggins said once on a podcast, he's like, well, he hated himself. He was 300 pounds. He was spraying cockroaches in his nine to five job that he hated. And when he we came into contact with his ideals, Navy SEALs on the television and like Rocky Balboa on the television, something clicked inside of him. He's like, that's where you need to go into the hard, shadowy part of the mind because you're in comfort and you know, you don't like yourself. We And in the novelty, that's where you're going to generate potential. Really, that's where it is. Because why would you stay with what you already know? 
You want to be friends with what you do not know. And Goggins was attracted to what he did not know, the dark parts of his mind. He didn't like who he was. So when he came into contact with someone who was tough mentally and physically, that generated a spark, a seed. He was like, well, there's something attractive about this person. What is that exactly? That's what attracts us to these great movies like Luke Skywalker and Star Wars or the old Disney movies or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. These archetypal characters that confront the unknown forthrightly and gather value and information from that unknown. They become a harder and braver person from venturing forth into what they don't know. That's the great adventure of your life. So for me, I knew that this recovery was the great adventure of my life. I didn't like who I was. So where else am I going to go from here? Eckhart Tolle says, addiction starts with pain and it ends with pain. I say about recovery, recovery starts with pain and ends with freedom and abundance. Addiction is an internal tyranny that has its hold, it has its power over you, making you feel out of control and a slave to its whims, to its agenda. You can say that in this age, the age that we're living in, we are set up to fail in terms of being a slave to some sort of addiction. What am I talking about here? I was saying at the, pro- uh, at the beginning of the episode, processed foods spike dopamine and keep you hooked. Food corporations utilize this notion of dopamine and pumps this food full of chemicals, vegetable oils, bleached sugars and flours, and not only just those, but fake sugars. And oh my God, if you go to Costco and you read the ingredients on a cake, which I've done, there are words in that ingredient list that you just don't understand. They're like foreign things to the body. Like why do corporations put that in there? For profit, because they're cheap. Also, they're addictive. Also, we live in an age where we have smartphones in our pockets and the Instagram likes and the posts and the TikTok likes all generate and and target our dopaminergic system. Wherever you look, something's going to spike your dopamine, whether it's the food or the sugar in your coffee or the billboards or it's the phone in your pocket or it's the Netflix show or it's the pornography, sex, the drugs. We are living in in a different age, far different from our ancestors. That's for sure. In my case, pornography, where this phenomenon taps into our instinctual urge to collect improved and assorted genes, which is wired into the mammalian brain 
and we are mammals. That's a passage from Marnia Robinson's book, Cupid's Poisoned Arrow. Get while the getting is good. That's what the dopaminergic system is saying. Hey, man, we should probably get while the getting is good. If there's an opportunity here, hey, it provided us with a reward before. Let's pursue that right now. My dopaminergic system spiked, signaling to me that this is a good thing, and it hooked me into an addictive cycle the more I responded to its pull towards the experience that generated that great reward. Dopamine equals anticipation and reward. That's why, for me, I can scroll on Instagram for a long time or pornography, finding that perfect video to finish to, right? that the next one's going to be better. The next one's going to be funny. The next video is going to be entertaining. The next video is going to hit the spot. It's the novelty. You can see that the stories on TikTok and Instagram are like the wheels on a slot machine, right? They roll up, they roll up, they roll up. The next one, the next one, the next one. Because if the video's are not targeting your interests, which they do because Instagram, obviously you guys know that if you're interested in golden retrievers, then the, and you watch two or three videos of a golden retriever, then the next, the next thing you know, all of your recommendations are golden retriever videos because Instagram is like, oh, this is what Brad likes. This is what makes him feel good. So why not give him all the abundance of what he what makes him feel good. And so that's how it works. Sim- simply put, right? We're hooked. We're hooked. Excess dopamine is being on the edge of that reward, being on the edge of that novelty. I want to read you a passage, or not a passage, but there's a chart in Marnia Robinson's book that I want to just briefly go over because I love this. It's the it's this dopamine chart. So excess dopamine is more wanting, less liking, sexual fetishes and compulsions, addictions, impulsive sensation seeking, unhealthy risk taking, gambling, aggression, delusions, schizophrenia, Healthy dopamine is healthy bonding, healthy libido, feelings of well-being, pleasure in accomplishing tasks, energy and vitality, motivation, healthy risk-taking, sound choices, realistic expectations, good feelings toward others. It's more of a natural state of well-being You're, because I noticed quitting pornography or being in recovery of pornography, I noticed that my dopaminergic system went more, it went down into more of a homeostasis state where I'm not, I'm not feeling extreme ups and extreme downs rather than I'm, I'm more sensitive to natural bonding with my partner. That's the big one that I noticed. Then A deficient in dopamine is the inability to love, 
low libido, erectile dysfunction, addictions, depressions, lack of ambition, withdrawal, low energy, social anxiety, and no remorse. That is deficient. And, you know, there. if you see a lot of what's deficient in dopamine is the same as the excess in dopamine because if we get our if we get that great dopamine blast then we're going to experience the really harsh lows after that's the withdrawal that's the come down from the really big blast and that's when we feel deficient in dopamine that's when we feel low energy the social anxiety low libido depression uh, erectile dysfunction, inability to love, because that's the pain side of that cycle, right? Remember, it's a loop. We get the extreme highs, but then we get the extreme lows, and then the extreme lows lead us back to the highs. So create a vision. Let's get into the ways out of this cycle. Create a vision of your life. Create a vision of your life without the thing you classify as a problem in your day-to-day and attaching pain to the habit itself. So what what would life be like without it? That's me stumbling upon the YouTubers who are living life without the thing I relied on. So maybe find somebody who left the the, the addiction you're currently holding on to and then attach a lot of pain to staying with it. For me, I had to buy books on why pornography, why ejaculation was uh, is a problem. And I had to attach a lot of pain to staying in that sphere of pornography. And then I had to create a vision. Well, what are the benefits? And then you don't, well, you see the benefits in yourself when you go a day or two without the habit, but also watch those YouTubers, watch the podcast where people are talking about their recovery. It's on those difficult days, the days where you feel the lows, the you're deficient in the dopamine, right? You you leave the addiction, or you're you're push you're mo- you're breaking yourself away from that, and then you're going to experience a day where you're like, oh, you're craving it because you're feeling deficient. You're feeling the pain. You're feeling the lack. You're feeling the boredom, the yearning to go back to what's familiar, and it's on those days that the wins are most important. If I get beyond this urge to use or consume, I ask myself, how will I feel and how will I look? Will I tell my partner that, hey, you know, I had this urge today and then I went for a walk. I went to the gym. Or if you're feeling that urge and you feel out of control by this tyrant within you, call someone for support. Call a role model for guidance. Put on their video. Put on their podcast. 
Also, shift your environment. Go for a walk. Go to the gym. Go to the local coffee shop. Do some breathing. Breathe in for two. Hold for two. And breathe out for four. Distract the mind. Cold showers are good that are good for that too. Distracting the mind. Not to just distract, but to bypass that voice that's going to nag you, right? It's going to be there enticing you. There's a passage in Cain and Abel that I love. God said to Cain, well, the reason why things aren't working out for you is because you are entertaining this predatory animal that's knocking at your door and you invited it in and you let it have its way with you. But you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to. There is a choice there. So a cold shower can help you bypass the tempting voice. The walk can help bypass that voice. Changing your environment. Calling on someone you admire. Watching a video of someone you admire. Keeping at the forefront of why you're on this path will help you in those very difficult times. It's those very difficult times that make all the difference. Because your body, it will do what it can to trick you into the habit you want to break. But it doesn't mean you must obey. You have a choice and it's within that difficult window between the urge and the behavior that your choices truly matter. And that's what I'm going to leave you today on this podcast episode. Thank you, everybody, for being here, being a supporter of the show, being a part of this growing recovery community. Please share this with someone you know, because it could change their life. And you would be the helper to change that person's life. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.